Good evening. You are listening to BFF.FM. This is uh, Oxon Cafe at 720 Secret Alley. This is uh, episode number 23. I hope your evening is going well. Uh, tonight we will be talking a little bit about some new music that has been released in the last four weeks that uh, we haven't heard each other uh, for. I will also try to tell you a little bit of a story about the beautiful neighborhood of uh, Civic Center. Um, we will celebrate, on top of that, a uh, seventh anniversary of a pretty cool album. Um, and I will share another story also related to San Francisco and its recording studios. I hope you'll enjoy the evening and uh, let's start with uh, Emil Bach from the album Suntub. The song is called High Speed Calm Air Tonight and um, It's pretty recent, from uh, October 27th this year.
Emil Book, uh, I pronounced her name slightly wrong uh, earlier. Emil Book, Marie Louise Book, a Danish composer, singer, songwriter. She wrote and performed the whole album uh, almost entirely by uh, herself. The album is called Santab and was released uh, a bit more than a month ago. According to her, it took her around five years to make the whole record. It was shared with me by a Finnish friend who I think has caught it either through Pitchfork or through a radio show on NTS. I do not really know where he took that from, but I'm super, super grateful. He also had a pretty cool description of what he's found in this recording. I think he referred to it as uh, uh, Pat Metheny-like harmonies combined with the breathing ethereal vocals. Um, This song was my favorite from the whole recording. Uh, Continuing, uh, a little bit more of uh, new music. Recently I had a chance to uh, enjoy a six-hour long uh, flight to New York City and uh, I prepared a ton of entertainment for that whole flight. There were some series, there was a book in my backpack uh, and there were a number of newly released albums. Uh, That was a Friday. A Friday of November 17th. Uh, and there was a couple of really, as it turned out, of really, really good uh, records uh, released on that day. And this one that you will hear uh, right now is one of them. The band is called Frog. 
Uh, I tried to find and research a little bit about uh, what to say about uh, Frog, but they are pretty... Uh, let's say, uh, not so outspoken on their website. Their website uh, states, like, you can figure is a big picture of the cover of the last album. The album is called Grog, uh, and under that, or above that uh, picture, they just say, Frog is a band from New York. So, Frog is a band from New York, and I uh, really enjoyed what they have uh, prepared. Enjoy.
by Frog from the album Grog, introduced earlier, uh, followed by Nazar Say, that's the name of the song, performed by uh, Ali Seti and Nicholas Jar. 
Nicholas Jar you might know from, at least that's my first kind of off the top of my mind of a connotation with him. You might know him from the collective Dark Side. Uh, in my case, I know him best from the album, or the, the whole collective, from the album uh, Psychic uh, from, I believe, 2013, I remember. First of all, talking about it already uh, a couple episodes back uh, in Oxlang Cafe, and I remember uh, listening to it, and I'm gonna say it again, listening to it uh, with my then flatmate Eva in uh, our shirt flat in Warsaw. We were really, really into that. Uh, that was the first uh, time when I got introduced to Nicholas Jar. I did not know that he was behind it uh, until I think last year. Um, and this year, Nicholas Jar uh, combines his uh, forces with uh, Ali Seti, uh, Pakistani singer uh, who recites this uh, beautiful Ghazal poetry in Urdu uh, over, uh, over Jar's uh, music. And that's what you've just uh, heard. Nazar Say, Ali Seti, and Nicholas Jar from the album Intiha uh, from November 17th, 2023. From that flying, flying Friday. As for the next one, this is something I've contemplated for a long while. It's also a piece of new music, also from uh, that same date, November 17th, and also listened to me for the first time during that uh, New York City flight. And I was contemplating for the longest time whether I should play this, whether this is uh, playable on the radio. And uh, I will give it a shot. I'm not sure if we're gonna uh, make it until the very end. Let's... Uh, um, let's see how... <laughs> digestible it is. Uh, it's already starting to slowly roll in, uh, roll in uh, below. Uh, Andre 3000. Uh, one of the most prominent rappers of our generation, I've been told. I'm not a big rap fan. Um, a member of the Outcast Collective, uh, best known to me uh, through the song Hey Ya, which I used to, as a little kid, uh, hate, initially, hate the video of uh, playing on uh, MTV. I remember his copies, uh, Multitude of uh, the Green Color, and this annoying, annoying uh, chorus of Hey Ya, which absolutely grew on me in a very quick manner. Uh, I love that song right now. So Andre 3000, uh, the uh, prominent rapper, one of the most prominent of our generation, decided to make uh, an instrumental flute album. And he's released that um, a couple Fridays ago. I really enjoyed that uh, recording. I think many of us are. While in New York City, after that flight, I spent one of the nights in Greenpoint. That was the first time I uh, ever got to venture to that part of of Brooklyn. Uh, I ended up at a cocktail bar called Eavesdrop. Uh, we were there with a couple couple of friends. Uh, the story is actually quite related to BFF, but maybe I'll tell it at some uh, other point. We were hanging out at the bar, and then we were pretty much closing the place. We spent a lot of hours there and uh, almost got kicked out. But an hour before the place closed, uh, the bartender started playing this particular song in the background. And uh, I looked around, I looked to my left and to my right, both at my friends and the other people that were still sitting there. And I think everybody was really curious about what was playing. It really immediately caught their attention. Um, so there is something in it. That's what I thought at that point. They asked the bartender what he was playing. He, he told them. And uh, a lot of people were quite surprised. Some of them knew that this was supposed to happen, but haven't heard it before. 
Android 3000, and the song title is quite uh, quite long. Maybe we can get back to it after it plays out. Thank you. 
very, very calming Andre 3000. November 17th, and we will, or I will, undertake this challenge. The challenge of uh, sharing with you what the title of that song was, and trust me when I say it, uh, all of the songs on this album have titles that are <laughs> of uh, similar length and uh, complexity. What you just heard is called, quote, I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time, end of quote. Andre 3000, oh my god, I have a problem with the 3000, Andre 3000, from the uh, record, that New Blue Sun, from November 17th, 2023. If I am to be fully honest, uh, when I played this record uh, on the plane, this was maybe the third album of all of the ones that I've prepared for the, for the whole flight, I, I fell asleep quite uh, quickly. It's a very <laughs> relaxing, very re relaxing album uh, that I would put somewhat on the shelf uh, next to the records by Max Richter or by Oliver Arnold's by, um, yeah, kind of this neo-classical ambient, mostly European crew. Uh, it's a really cool album, full of uh, beautiful textures and uh, good melody, something unexpected from a rapper but worked out uh, beautifully. Now, uh, two more new songs. Uh, I've prepared a bit more, but I would want to move uh, forward a bit quicker. Uh, the songs that I will abandon, but I want to recommend uh, to you still to, to listen to, are uh, a song titled Always Ascending uh, from uh, an album called DJ Kicks High. H-A-A-I, H-A-A-I, Hi is the name of the artist of the DJ, and DJ Kicks is the name of the um, series of uh, series of records, compilations being released by K7 Records. Uh, those compilations have been released since 1993. This is uh, edition, I believe, 80 of all of them. And this particular one, um, and the song called Always Ascending with uh, John Hopkins and Kambu, uh, it's just really good, something worth uh, listening to. DJ Kicks, uh, hi. Uh, another one that I've skipped, uh, or I will skip, uh, is uh, an album called 48 Hours by Ryder and Skepta. That is rap, and that is not uh, flute. That is full on, full on bars, full on uh, poetry. Uh, the song that I was intending to play or thought about playing is called uh, Skeptacore Part 3. Uh, the album 48 Hours, uh, and that one's newer, that's from November 24th. And the two remaining ones that I do want to share uh, in tonight's episode are two Polish songs, and we will start uh, with uh, Tabletki by uh, Jędrzej Weiss and uh, Błażej, Błażej Król. Satyna, 
Jędrzej Wise and uh, Błażej Król Tabletki singing about uh, all the different types of pills that uh, the lyrical subject is taking or the lyrical subject and his peers are taking while they what they want to do is just uh, just live uh, that's uh, from uh, November 16th so two weeks old uh, from a single called uh, Tabletki same name as the song probably to be expected uh, to hear more from them the next song is also Polish and that's the last one uh, out of the list of new songs that I want to share with you tonight it's called Warsaw no that is not the way how we say the name of the capital of Poland this is the way how Holak and Jarma do that very um how could I put it? It's a modern song made by rappers, but it really gives me punk rock and cold wave, kind of aggressive, fast vibes. I really enjoy this song and I hope you will too. Enjoy. Holak i Jarma in uh, Warsaw. Very, very punky, don't you think? I do, for the lack of uh, better terms. All right, uh, so that will be it as far as uh, new music is concerned. Now let's move over to another section of tonight's Oxlang Cafe. That's it, that's what's up. Uh, as you've heard a month ago, I prepped a section of uh, some jewelry, some, some FX uh, jewelry that was uh, the nomination 
of a new section start that I've uh, found for now. Let's uh, stay open on the search. But the new section, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about what's gonna happen in terms of live music in San Francisco in the next uh, two weeks. So, uh, starting with uh, December 3rd, uh, as we speak, uh, the Chase Center is uh, uh, hosting quite, quite a big, uh, quite a big show. The Pesh Mode is playing there right now with uh, Young Fathers. I have not heard about the band Young Fathers before, but I gave it a listen uh, just because of uh, looking at the fact that this concert is happening, and I quite like some of their songs. So let's listen to one of them and let's get back to talking about what's gonna be happening in the other days of the next two weeks.
Geronimo by uh, Young Fathers performing tonight as a support uh, supporting act for Depeche Mode at the Chase Center. But alright, alright, this is what's happening. You cannot go and hear it uh, anymore. So what's gonna be happening in the next week and the week after that? To be honest, I'm quite excited about this forthcoming week. There is uh, There are at least two shows that I will be uh, heading to uh, happening. Uh, quite excited about that. I will talk about them in just a second. But the next week is also bringing some uh, good music, which is just that I love this part of uh, living in San Francisco. That uh, it's any week you pick uh, in the year that you can find world cla- world class uh, artists. And uh, to be honest, of out of the whole list that I will just uh, in a second read out to you, this is just a small small sample of everything that is going on in the city with its uh, numerous venues. So this is just whatever made it through my filter. Um, But there is more, more, more going on. So I uh, recommend that if you live in San Francisco to go ahead, go online and see what's going on. Maybe there is something that is to your taste that is happening as well. So, uh, moving forward, December 4th uh, and 5th, so uh, Monday and Tuesday, tomorrow and the day after that, uh, the chapel is going to be hosting quite a cool event. Uh, The band Crosses, uh, depicted as literal three crosses, as in their name, if you want to look it up uh, on Spotify, online, anywhere, is just three ASCII signs of of a cross. Uh, as I've gotten to learn, uh, it's a musical side project of the Deftones singer Chino uh, Moreno. Uh, the Chapel, tomorrow and on Tuesday. Two days of uh, shows by Crosses. I might make my appearance there, uh, their music. I didn't know it before, but I listened to it briefly. And uh, it's, it's quite good. Quite cold, quite energetic, uh, and quite electronic. Uh, on December 6th, on Wednesday, uh, I could not resist to pick this one. Mr. Worldwide is coming to San Jose. The SAP Center in San Jose will be hosting a trio, not only Mr. Worldwide, but a trio of really prominent uh, singers in the Latin American music world. Enrique Iglesias, Pitbull and Ricky Martin will be performing their joint concert as a part of their uh, US-wide uh, tour. Mm, I cannot imagine either of these gentlemen and their music being present here at uh, Oxang Cafe anytime soon, but uh, for some reason the gravitas of this trio mm, did not allow me for omitting uh, mentioning this show was happening on Wednesday. The second show on Wednesday that I find uh, quite interesting is uh, Amalu and will be performing at the New Parish in Oakland. The She's a young R&B soul singer, songwriter. I think there's one song that I uh, really like by her. Uh, I will probably not be making my attendance there, but uh, something that if it, this was happening in San Francisco and was a lo- lo- lower investment of an effort, I would definitely consider uh, consider going. And n- nothing else caught my attention if it comes to things going on in San Francisco. So only San Jose uh, with the Latin uh, trio with Big Gravitas and the Amalu uh, concert in Oakland, as far as Wednesday is concerned. December 7th, uh, Thursday, and that's show number one uh, that I will definitely be uh, going to. Death Heaven uh, is performing with Touche Amour mm, and celebrating their 10th 
anniversary of their most famous album, Sunbather. Uh, they will be playing at the Regency Ballroom and I cannot wait to see them again. I saw them once a couple years ago in Munich, uh, in the same squad. They were performing together with uh, Touche Amour. Uh, but the reason why I cannot wait for this one is that hopefully, hopefully, as this is a tour celebrating the 10th anniversary of that particular album, um, hopefully they will be playing a lot of, or maybe all of the songs from that, uh, that record, and I really like it. Uh, one of those songs uh, that is uh, worth sharing with you is uh, called Irresistible. Um, and <laughs> to be honest, it's one of a few on the whole record that is radio-friendly uh, due to its length. Let's listen to Irresistible and let's get back to what's going on in San Francisco in the next uh, weeks. Irresistible, uh, the 10th anniversary remixed version of the song from the beloved album that uh, we're celebrating this Thursday, Sunbather. 
and uh, it might have not not really sounded like it, but uh, Sunbather uh, and Death Heaven uh, are a death metal band and a record. They have a lot of shoegazy sounds in this and uh, a lot of pretty melodies, but in general you can expect, if you haven't heard the album, you can expect a lot of kind of wall of sounds, heavily distorted guitars, a lot of screams, a lot of growling, I would say. Uh, all of that setting the bass for the occasional beautiful sparkling cymbals and beautiful piano melodies or guitar melodies making their way, way through. I think that's one of the reasons why I really like that record. It's very unassuming if it comes to its cover, first of all, so when, when you look at how the cover looks, you would never have thought that this is a, a black metal uh, record. Maybe the cover is somewhat similar to the song that you've just heard now, uh, Irresistible, this kind of piano, dreamy uh, of, a, of an atmosphere. The cover is pinkish, orangish. Uh, I've heard or, or read somewhere that it's supposed to, the, the gradient uh, on top of which the white uh, Times New Roman-like uh, letters forming into the name Sunbather are uh, presented on the gradient is supposed to depict what a person sees when closing their eye, uh, eyes while uh, sunbathing and looking at the sun. This kind of orangish, pinkish uh, color of the see-through, uh, almost see-through uh, skin. So yeah, that was uh, Irresistible. Uh, Death Haven will be playing with Touche Amour on December 7th. That's uh, this Thursday in the Regency Ballroom. As far as I know, the tickets are still available. So if you like the band, go and do it. Uh, because their shows are really, really fun. I really cannot wait for the Touche Amour uh, opening act as well. These guys are way more energetic. This is like post-hardcore. And I will play one of the songs. Uh, from their album uh, in a few minutes but yeah this show on thursday that's gonna be something something great december 8th uh, on friday another show that i'm very excited about hania rani uh, polish uh, pianist a contemporary classical composer player and now as of the last album ghosts uh, released this year also a singer a lot of really cool collaborations uh, including a song with uh, olafur Arnolds and uh, Duncan Bellamy from the Portico Quartet. Uh, she will be coming to San Francisco on Friday, December 8th, and will be playing at the Fillmore. Um, I will definitely be going out there. I saw her last year in San Francisco. She was playing at the chapel. Uh, so if I recall correctly, the Fillmore, uh, the chapel, a way smaller of a venue, so she's kind of upgrading into this uh, higher level, and that makes me very happy. Um, Hania Rani will be performing on Friday, December 8th. While that will be happening in Oakland at the Fox Theater, another concert that I would love to go and uh, attend, but cannot due to, I guess, the prioritization of, uh, of the Polish <laughs> artist concert in the South, uh, Damien Rice will be performing at Oakland Fox Theater. Uh, the reason why I... That why Damien Rice caught my eye. I don't think I know many records by him, but I remember 2014, the record called My Favorite Faded Fantasy, and I remember just loving it. That was the first record that I 
and I consciously knew that uh, Rick Rubin, the legendary guru of a producer and guru of creativity, uh, was behind. Really enjoyed that. Uh, if you are going to be in the East Bay or like Damien Rice, he will be performing there on Friday. And uh, yeah, before moving forward, maybe let's listen a little bit to Hania Rani and some songs from her last record that she'll definitely be playing uh, on Friday in the Fillmore in San Francisco. Uh, the first one that I would want to start with, I'm going to play two, uh, is called Don't Break My Heart uh, and is a duet between Hania Rani and Duncan Bellamy from the Portico Quartet. Don't break my heart with truth. We can defy, don't you see how it's good? Don't break my heart with truth. True is unkind. Mm-hmm. 
Hanyarani, twice. Uh, first, with uh, Don't Break My Heart with Truth, followed by 24.03. Most likely depicting a date of the 24th of March of some year. Both of those songs by Hanyarani uh, from her most recent album, Ghosts. Hanyarani will be performing in San Francisco on December 8th at the Fillmore. In regards to Don't Break My Heart, this is something I wanted to share. Uh, Hanyarani herself, that was the first song, which was more like, uh, I would say maybe more pop. There was singing, uh, there was her voice, uh, it was more of a song structure rather than an instrumental piece. Uh, with the second song following that, the 2403, being a bit more electronic, maybe closer to um, the likes of Niels Fram. Uh, something I really, really like about her, that, that, that she really has this mixture of uh, songs, mixture of interesting textures. Just beautiful sounds. So, the first one, Don't Break My Heart, the one with Duncan Bellamy from the Portico Quartet. Uh, Hanya Rani herself uh, talks about it uh, in the following way. It's my personal anthem, which endured through time, experiences, and let me overcome my boundaries in expressing my feelings in front of my listeners. You need guts to sing it on stage, believe me. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to hear her uh, perform that on stage because it, it really sounds like it's a song that's really, really dear to her, her heart. Yeah, it must be difficult. I don't think she was singing on her previous records, maybe just some vocalization. And now this, this new record, Ghosts, features quite a lot of lyrics next to the instrumental beauty. Moving on, mm, there is a few more days uh, that I would want to cover in terms of the live performances, at least the time until the next Oxan Cafe. Oxan Cafe happens every two weeks, so the next episode will be happening on December 17th. And until then, a ton of, a ton of cool, cool live music in the Bay Area and San Francisco itself. And December 9th, that is the Saturday, the next Saturday, uh, a couple days from now, uh, Devendra Obi Banhart will be performing at the Fillmore, the Venezuelan American uh, singer songwriter. I think most typically known as Devendra Banhart, but I, <laughs> when when reading about him uh, a couple days ago, I've uh, I've gotten to to learn that his middle name is Obi, and it's that Obi that you're thinking about that this is uh, a tribute to, uh, and by that I mean Obi Wan. Cannot be. At least th this is what his Wikipedia page says. So his parents were quite uh, big fans of um, Star Wars. Mm, December 10th, didn't really find anything uh, that would grasp my attention on Sunday, but December 11th on Monday, mm, an artist that I haven't heard about before called uh, Earth Eater will be performing at the Independent uh, in San Francisco. Uh, her name is uh, Alexandra Der Druchin, uh, professionally known as Earth Eater. And she's an American multi-instrumentalist, producer, composer, and vocalist. Uh, I gave her a quick listen, having seen that she's performing on uh, Monday the 11th. And it's, I would say, intriguing experimental electronics. I think she resides in Queens in New York. Uh, worth uh, seeing her, as she, is, uh, she has traveled all across the country. Uh, December 12th, uh, that is Tuesday. Uh, a person that, that I guess maybe at some point in the past I would uh, listen to when I was when I had my period of being into fingerstyle acoustic guitar 
Tommy Emmanuel will be performing at uh, the Palace of Fine Arts. Uh, the fingerstyle guitarist will be there on Tuesday, December 12th. Then nothing really going on, nothing grasping the attention until Friday, uh, the December, the, the 15th of December. Uh, and a quite an interesting uh, combination uh, of artists uh, will take the stage at uh, Chase Center. Um, Stevie Nicks, a uh, former member of Fleetwood Mac, will share the stage with a Gen Z pop singer. Uh, her name is C.I.L. or Sil. Haven't heard about her before. Give her a listen. Uh, yeah, the, the music of the TikTok era is uh, combining with the classic pop of the 70s. Stevie Nicks and CIL sale at uh, Chase Center on 15th of December. On that same day, uh, as they are performing at Chase Center and mixing the generations, there will be something for our generation. Benny Benassi will be uh, playing a set at 10.15, Folsom. And the day after that, um, not really a concert, but an event that uh, can be really cool. Emo Night will be happening at uh, Rickshaw Stop here in Hayes Valley in San Francisco. I attended that event once and I really enjoyed it. If you're a fan of uh, emo music, not only, but all that kind of punk music of the early 2000s, uh, Fall Out Boy, The Offspring, Blink... Uh, uh, Sum 41, uh, that is the party for you. There will be no band performing, but there will be a DJ and they will be playing all those songs uh, that might spark something, uh, might trigger something related to your your youth. That is going to be happening on December 16th at Rickshaw Stop. And that will be it as for all of the events that will be uh, interesting events that will be happening in the next uh, two weeks. To correct what I just said, all of the events that grasped my attention uh, when browsing it uh, through but as I said earlier uh, there is way way more uh, of interesting stuff going on in San Francisco so if you uh, have a free evening go ahead and uh, browse what the city has to offer there is a huge chance that you will find something that you like that reminds me uh, today I've learned that uh, a venue that personally I didn't really treat like a venue I don't think I've seen a single proper show out there, but a venue closes in uh, in San Francisco. Mm, Amado's Bar at uh, Valencia and 21st uh, will be, I think as of today or as of a couple of days ago, is officially closing. The official reason that the owner has given is that uh, it's because of the impact of the newly new format of the uh, bike lane in Valencia that uh, is killing the businesses and theirs being one of the killed ones. Uh, in addition, in terms of the relevant context, I think in, in June or July, uh, Amados has suffered a flooding that has uh, destroyed the cellar in which they hosted most of their large shows. As far as I know, recently this, they resumed the shows out there, but uh, it was a long while where Amados was not uh, able to make as much money out of the entry fees as they could in the past. It's a sad story, especially in the December timeline, because I was thinking about going there and paying them a visit. And I remember last year's visit with a friend of mine where we just randomly, while walking around the mission, we were looking for a bar uh, where we could grab a beer after work. And we ended up at Amado's. 
and uh, they had the most beautiful, most uh, vibrant Christmas decorations out there. A huge Christmas tree, very colorful, and with all the mirrors that they have on the walls of their quite tall of a ceiling of a of a space. That just looked uh, looked great. The place was packed with uh, locals playing pool uh, and drinking their pints, and some of the, I think, regulars, maybe somewhat related to the owners, not really sure, but they looked pretty confident, have taken over the second uh, second floor of it, the the balcony, and the piano that was standing out there. One of them played the piano, and the other sang a song by David Bowie, "Life on Mars." Um, was a beautiful experience, and I recently caught myself thinking, hey, I would really want to go there and at least see the decorations again, and that will not be given. It's a sad piece of information, Amados is closing, um, and yeah, maybe maybe something else will, will open in that uh, location. If you know of any places in the city, by the way, that uh, have that are bars with cool Christmas decorations. We can just kind of hang, maybe drink a mulled wine. Let me know uh, at my email address, which you can find online if you search for Oxlang Cafe at bff.fm. And that would be it. The end of the live section. The two weeks of live music uh, have been covered, and now let's uh, move on. And I have a little bit of a story uh, to share. And it's a story about the beauty of uh, Civic Center, the beauty of Hayes Valley, and the fact that it's just a maybe an underrated area filled with music on almost or sound on almost every corner. I recently took a walk around there, and uh, I just I have a feeling I could spend forever just glancing at the walls, glancing at whatever visually and acoustically this place has to offer, the names of the places, the street sculptures, the art installations, the venues, uh, everything just carries so much history and so much to do with art and music and creativity mm, that I would want to talk a little bit about it. Maybe I will be digging into that in the next episodes of uh, Oxan Cafe a bit more, but today we will start with something that you can see from the intersection of Market Street and 9th Street, while standing next to the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. If you look to the right, towards the bay, towards the East Bay, you will see an art piece that uh, carries a very, very interesting history. Tanto, tanto bello 
Scioglie il sangue dritto da Videre luci in mezzo al mare, penso alle notti là in America. Ma erano solo le lampare e la bianca scia di un'elica. Sentì il dolore nella musica, si alzò dal piano forte. Ma quando vide la luna uscire da una nuvola, gli sembrò più dolce anche l'amore. Guardo negli occhi la ragazza, quegli occhi verdi come il mare. Poi all'improvviso uscì una lacrima e lui credette di affogare. E voglio bene, sai, ma tanto, tanto bene, sai. E scioglie il sangue e tinta da lasciare. Potenza della lirica, dove ogni dramma è un falso, che con un po' di trucco e con la mimica puoi diventare un nato. occhi che ti guardano così vicini e veri mi fanno scordare le parole confondono pensieri così diventa tutto piccolo anche le notti là in America di volte vedi la tua vita come la scia di un nero che finisce ma lui non ci pensò poi tanto anzi si sentiva già felice e ricominciò il suo canto te voglio ben assai ma tanto tanto ben assai That song that you just heard is titled Caruso by Lucio Dalla and was released in 1986. It was a tribute song 
to an old Italian opera single uh, singer called uh, Enrico Caruso. And it turns out that this opera singer, uh, Enrico Caruso, is related to a street art installation sculpture uh, in the Civic Center. The intersection of the 9th Street and Market Street. That when one stands there on the uh, on one side, one corner, the, the corner, the northeastern one, and one can see the headquarters of Dolby Laboratories, a company working on making movie sound fantastic. When one looks to the left, uh, you can see the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium hosting a ton of fantastic uh, large-scale musical events. If you look behind yourself uh, towards the south as the Market Street goes down the city, uh, you will soon pass by uh, the Fell Street hosting uh, Mr. Tipple's Brickshaw Stop and SF Jazz. It's a very musical neighborhood. But if you look towards the right and if you look towards, the, uh, towards Oakland along the 9th Street, you will see this installation uh, that is hanging above the pavement from one of the residential buildings out there. Um, and I would want to talk a little bit about that. I took a walk there uh, last Saturday, just kind of trying to look more carefully at Hayes Valley, at Civic Center and its uh, musical landscape. I've always been thinking that uh, this area, despite its... Mm, maybe not the best of a reputation uh, these days uh, really ca carries a lot of um, musical and creative intensity we've got the SF Symphony the Louise M. Davis uh, Symphony Hall uh, there is the Opera House that's uh, out there the SF Ballet has its headquarters out there SF Jazz as mentioned Stop, the place from uh, the emo night uh, mention Mr. Tipples, my favorite, favorite bar in general, period, in San Francisco, the coziest place, uh, playing live jazz almost every night. Um, even if you l look at the names of bars around, uh, that, that happened to me on, on Saturday, uh, a random cocktail bar that I've never been to is called the Madrigal. Um, music is just in the air. Uh, on the one block away from the Madrigal, uh, and right in front of the SF Symphony, uh, the San Francisco Conservatory of Music uh, has its Baus Performance Center. Uh, music is everywhere in Civic Center and Hayes Valley. I really think that there is a certain amount of beauty in this in this neighborhood. And while having this this walk, all of that to say, uh, I didn't go far uh, until I stopped and just started looking in detail at things that are to be noticed out there. And that thing that I've noticed first was this uh, sculpture uh, related to Caruso. So, okay, so what's going on with that? Um, let's start with what it is. So, it's a public... Uh, and the best way to phrase it is probably a, a sculptural and audiovisual installation that features 13 uh, pianos, either upright or grand pianos, uh, built in their normal size, built of uh, glass and steel wireframes. Uh, all of those pianos are suspended above the sidewalk from a residential apartment 
building. Um, it's, yeah, between the market and Mission Streets on the 9th Street uh, in the Civic Center, or maybe already in, in Soma, um, on, a, on, on Civic Center's um, eastmost corner. Um, the installation is called And My Room Still Rocks Like a Boat on the Sea, uh, also titled Caruso's Dream. Uh, it was made by two main artists, but it was made by a big crew of, of people, and, and you can find online who has worked on it. It was a big endeavor, uh, and a pretty pricey of an art piece, but the, the two main artists uh, responsible for the piece are Brian Goggin and Dorka Keen. Mm. They both claim uh, maybe the details of the structure uh, and the details of, of, of how it was made a bit later because it's quite interesting. It's not only a sculpture, it's not only the glass and steel, there is dynamic aspects to it and they're quite fascinating because they involve FM radio, they involve uh, lighting, they invo involve synchronizing the lights with music. It's, it, it's very, very impressive. But they just state, the, the, the two main artists, they state that the pianos are very secure that uh, the only way how those pianos can fall anywhere is if if there is an earthquake and the whole building collapses. Uh, so they're quite confident about that. So if you happen to be walking down 9th Street, do not do not worry. Um, so yeah, the installation, the sculpture exists. There is some interesting detail about who funded it, where the money came from, uh, who participated in it, what are the dynamic aspects. Mm, but what I find really found really interesting after starting to to dig into why does this exist? Why uh, is it called Caruso's dream? What, who was Caruso? Uh, what was his dream? Why are those pianos looking like they're falling out of a building? So the thing that I found interesting is the context and the the, the reasoning behind uh, the meaning of this uh, sculpture. So let's maybe get a bit closer to uh, to that. So the sculpture was completed in uh, 2014, uh, but was inspired by the events on 19 uh, of now 1906. So the most tragic year in the history of uh, San Francisco, the year of the grand, the grandest of them all, uh, earthquake and the fire of the whole city. Opera star Caruso, uh, Enrico Caruso, sang the part of Don Jose in the Carmen Opera in San Francisco the night before the 1906 earthquake. It was the opening night of the New York Metropolitan Opera Company's San Francisco residency. The performance itself took place at the Grand Opera House on 712 Mission Street. And that is close to the current uh, place where the Museum of Modern Arts is, around the place where the Jewish Contemporary Museum is uh, currently placed. So up north, the Market Street, from where the sculpture is around the 2nd and 3rd streets. Um, Caruso, after the performance, stayed quite close by to the Grand Opera House in the Palace Hotel. Still existing, I think now it's uh, Marriott Palace Hotel, or one of the larger companies has uh, moved into that building. Mm, so he stayed there, quietly slight, uh, uh, slightly, slightly more north uh, from the Grand Opera House, but still in the uh, general uh, vicinity on Market Street. Uh, and on the night from April 17th and 18th, this is where him and all of the other people from the mm, New York Metropolitan Opera Company spend their night. Uh, the next morning, Caruso was jolted from his bed, according to the records, mm, 
not really knowing whether he was awake or still dreaming. The opera house uh, that the performance happened at uh, was destroyed in the earthquake and the following fire. The hotel in which he was staying was to soon collapse and be destroyed as well. While he was asleep, around 5 a.m., uh, the largest, the strongest earthquake in the history of San Francisco happened and uh, decimated the city, leaving it um, unrecoverable for a number of uh, following, following years. And this is what Caruso says about the situation. This is what inspired the sculpture. He says, But what an awakening. And this is a quote from a British newspaper uh, to, to whom he spoke later that year. But what an awakening. I wake up uh, around uh, 5 o'clock, feeling my bed rocking as though I'm in a ship on the ocean. I get up and go to the window, raise the shade and look out. And what I see makes me tremble with fear. I see the buildings toppling over, big pieces of masonry falling, and from the street below I hear the cries and screams of men and women and children. The Palace Hotel, as mentioned earlier, uh, where Caruso and the rest of the crew stayed, collapsed later that day. Um, Caruso, however, managed to leave the building safely, and uh, apparently thanks to his devoted valet, um, he also managed to rescue most of his belongings, and there was apparently a lot, a lot of things. And the thing that caught my uh, attention was that he carried around 50 self-portraits with him. The devoted valet managed to carry all of this downstairs, uh, all of his clothes, uh, all of the portraits, uh, all of the other belongings that he, he was carrying with him. Let's remember that the Caruso was on a big trip from uh, from New York to to the east, uh, to the west coast uh, to perform here. Um, apparently, the valet was just running up and down six flights of stairs numerous times rescue all of this. So the valet uh, manages to do that. Caruso at the time, I don't really know what's happening, but I imagine everything is quite um, terrifying. Everything is going all around. The fire, the earthquake, the collapsing buildings, the people in shock. Um, after the valet manages to rescue uh, all of it, uh, th this guy, I would want to have a valet like this if I ever had one yeah, th that will never happen. Uh, but the same valet manages to find a... In this whole terrible situation, he manages to find a horse uh, and a cart to carry Caruso's and... Uh, uh, Caruso's belongings and, and, and himself as well. And it's it's not that far from there, right? But they, they manage to hop on that horse, put that stuff on the, on the cart and uh, make their way to the waterfront, to the ferry building uh, and use... Uh, one of the ferries, one of the ships, to escape the city. Uh, they make their way up uh, northeast along the Market Street uh, on that uh, on that cart uh, carried by the horse. Make their way to the ferry building, and um, yeah, that's quite unusual, especially on a day when those tens of thousands of people were attempting to escape as well. That they managed to find it, but they make their way to the to the ferry building. Uh, he says. We pass terrible scenes on the way, buildings in ruins, and everywhere there seems to be smoke and dust. The driver seems in no hurry, which makes me impatient at times, for I am longing to return to New York, where I know I shall find a ship to take me to my beautiful Italy, and my wife and my little boys. 
Um, shortly uh, later, by nightfall, uh, Caruso makes his way across, uh, across the bay to Oakland and boards a train back to New York. After this experience, Caruso vows to never return to San Francisco and apparently keeps the promise. And uh, that's the story of Caruso, Enrico uh, Caruso, that night in San Francisco and his, his dream, his feeling, his experience of um, his bed just uh, behaving like a, on a ship, uh, dreaming, not sure whether dreaming or not, or, or being in reality, about pianos, apparently. And this artwork on the 9th Street between Market and Mission Streets. Uh, depicts and reimagines Caruso's dream of that fateful night. Mm. The sculpture is quite impressive, definitely catches the eye. And uh, I, I just briefly, before moving on to, to playing some music, I want to mention something about the dynamic aspect. So, uh, the pianos, both upright and grand, uh, they're normal sized, uh, but they're made of glass, uh, and there is lights that were put inside of them. And a big chunk of the whole installation, the whole project, was to uh, make those lights dynamic. Uh, there was a group of artists that mm, worked on this. Uh, I think I've noted the name of the person that took care of the programming of the lights themselves. I would really want to give them a shout out. And if they're listening to this show, ask them, when can I see this? Um, Yes, Gabriel Ray Goodlat, or Goodlatte. Um, he was the person responsible for the light composition. So what happened there is they put lights inside of those glass pianos and they by hand orchestrated a light show that kind of spans all throughout those 13 pianos from left pianos from left to right, uh, up and down in intensity of the light. Uh, to synchronize that to a recording, an audio recording of Caruso's singing. Um, there is a, a couple of interesting facts in this, or interesting questions. One of the questions is like, what is it synchronizing to? Like, where is the music playing? Is the sculpture playing music? Or, um, like, are there speakers in the street? Can you even do that uh, without disturbing the neighbors? So that's question number one. And question number two is, how the hell did they have a recording of someone uh, that uh, was performing in 1906? So the answer to the second one is that apparently, as I got to learn, uh, Caruso was the first person, uh, Caruso and his voice was the first voice to ever be aired on uh, radio. That is to be double-checked, but that's something that, that I've read. Uh, all throughout, apparently, Caruso uh, himself was quite interested in technological novelty and then he was experimenting with recording very early on. Uh, the answer to the first question uh, is that no, there is no speakers, even though the artists uh, themselves said in a couple of interviews that they were considering that and imagining that hopefully from the very beginning of working on the uh, piece of art. But they decided to settle, um, maybe because of the city rules and regulations for the ability to play audio um, in the streets uh, at night. But they decided to combine the light show um, with an FM radio, like very local F FM radio. So if you are in the proximity, as, a, as an observer, in the proximity of the sculpture, you can tune your radio, or at least you could at the beginning, around 2014, when this sculpture was first revealed. Uh, you can 
tune your radio to that particular frequency, uh, hear one of Caruso's original recordings uh, of him singing, and then look at the lights uh, spanning from left to right, up and down in intensity. Mm, lighting up the sculpture, the magnific magnificent large sculpture of pianos hanging right over your, your head. That all is uh, at the 9th street between Market and Mission, at the edge, uh, the northeast edge corner of the Civic Center Triangle. If you have a chance, and if you're walking by, take a look, take a look up, uh, witness the piece of art, uh, the tiny little cool piece that makes the neighborhood a bit more musical, a bit more interesting. I think Civic Center uh, has a lot of things like this to offer, so I'll keep on walking around, I'll keep on looking, and uh, maybe in the next episodes we can unpack some other aspects of uh, the area. For myself, for example, I don't know who Louise M. Davis was. I also do not... Um, necessarily know who Bill Graham was and uh, what's the story of the Civic Auditorium and what's the story of the Music Conservatory what's the story of SF Jazz all of this can be unpacked uh, and I might might look into this but I do not promise uh, anything okay that's it yeah that was the story of uh, the story of tonight the story of Caruso's dream uh Oh, the money is relevant. I haven't mentioned that. So, so one question I asked myself was, who paid for it? Uh, and apparently this was commissioned by the developer of the apartment complex from which it's uh, hanging. Uh, that's Avalon Bay Communities. With funds, however, allocated from the city fund, from the city of uh, San Francisco's 1% for the arts program. Boom. Thank you for uh, enjoying the... Uh, story of the day, Civic Center, its beauty, and Caruso's dream. Ninth Street between Market and Mission. Hang 13 hanging glass and metal pianos uh, that apparently used to light up at night. I need to still go there and uh, check it out. I haven't seen it uh, dynamically in action. Done. So if I could scratch, which I think I can, wind to the different section, uh, that's what it was, uh, the celebration of an anniversary. I promised that at the very beginning of the episode, and I promised the music is going to be starting uh, now. Let's do it in the in the background, and I'm going to tell you really quickly the, the story. So, uh, seven years ago, uh, on December 2nd, so seven years and one day, mm, in 2016, Awaken My Love, a fantastic, fantastic album by Childish Gambino uh, was released for the first time. I remember being quite surprised that a person that I thought about as a rapper, first of all and mainly, uh, released an um, album as funky and as old schooly as this. Excellent, excellent blue record uh, that one just cannot get enough of. Uh, let's celebrate that with me and your mama.
That was uh, me and your mama from Awaken My Love from 2016 uh, by Childish Gambino. We're celebrating the seventh anniversary of that album. How the time flies. Recently there's been a lot of quite uh, old anniversaries uh, of albums that I loved. One of them is what I've mentioned today already that we'll be celebrating on the Thursday uh, show at the Regency Ballroom, so that Sunbather by Deaf Heaven, 10th anniversary. And I think this year Daft Punk has released the 10th anniversary version uh, of uh, their most memorable record, uh, Random Access Memories, as well. God damn it, how the time flies. It feels like it was uh, yesterday. Mm. So after Childish Gambino, that's the only thing out of the kind of old familiar classics that I have prepared for uh, tonight I have a whole list of things that I would love to share but only 10 more minutes left and one thing that I found surprising in this show is that I have not played any of the more any of the heavier pieces of music and I, I did have such a big number of them that I was worried that, that, that uh, the show would become to rock and metal focused. Mm, maybe maybe for the last one. There's one song that I think I wouldn't want to miss in general, it looks like Cafe, but maybe it can wait for another show. So um, let me move on to some of the old music finds. We talked a lot about new music and the music that's going to be happening in SF. Some of the old music finds, just things that I bumped into in the recent weeks and uh, really enjoyed. And one of those is a song called uh, Neon by uh, Jockstrap, a duo from Great Britain. What I really like in it is uh, that it has this very unusual uh, harmonic shift at some point, and you will bump into it. Thank you. 
the difficult morning. That was uh, Neon by uh, Jockstrap. Uh, thank you for joining tonight for Oxen Cafe. This was episode uh, 23. You're listening to BFF.FM. Uh, uh, I hope uh, that uh, we will hear each other once again in two weeks on uh, December 17th. And uh, I will end with a kick. Fuck it. Uh, this is the best new band that I've discovered uh, for years. As in, I don't remember feeling as great as uh, when hearing this particular song for the first time. And uh, the, the band is called Idols and the song is just incredibly cool. And uh, enjoy it and I'll see you in two weeks. Cheers.